Welcome back to Open Graves. I'm Vesta Vangloria. I'm Heather Noel. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Um, so welcome back. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, literally. I'm like, what is that for? <laughs> oh, it is actually Swing not a bondage set. Okay, it yeah. It could be. Now that I, yeah, it belongs to Mark and Ash. They keep not picking it up. This is not interesting for the listeners. Okay, it but just... it's not a bondage set or it could uh, be? It could be. But okay. we were using it as like, a, it had these ropes uh, swing type chairs hey like whatever a, you like do in your personal set. time is fine yeah we have a special household <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do yeah we're recording in a different room as you may uh have gathered by heather uh, observing our surroundings <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're just doing us today and we decided well we decided this back when it was like the only thing anyone could fucking talk about <laughs> um to do a bit about wednesday uh, the Resurgence of the Addams Family on Netflix, um, which I have a lot of feelings about. Yeah. Um, so we recently just started, like, we both had watched the series separately when it came out, and I had a lot of feelings, and then I immediately forgot what they were, because honestly, I think the show is not that memorable. So we decided to uh, go back down that road again, and we started watching it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're only a few episodes in, so we're not going to go into, like, super overarching no. detail, but kind of just want to chat about it. We refreshed our memories quickly Yeah, by watching a couple episodes. Yeah, and I actually, I don't know, I want to use it more just to talk about the importance of the Addams Family, not just the, the new series itself. Right, but in general. Yeah, because they have been very important to me. Yeah, take us away then. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> so I keep saying that like Rocky Horror was my gateway drug to, you know, being a, a goth person, mm-hmm. but actually it was the Addams Family because that was, you know, my childhood. So I would say, like, Rocky offered me community, but at, like, seven years old, I would say the indicator of where I was headed <laughs> was being obsessed with the Addams Family. And just to clarify for the listeners, we're talking about the 1991 version of yes, the movie. Yes, and I did get into the 60s TV show after mm. that. But okay. when I was a little kid, um, yeah, it was yeah. Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, who were my Gomez Morticia. Mm-hmm. My family loved them, too. Christopher Lloyd is Fester. Christopher Lloyd is amazing, <laughs> yes. Honestly, it's a perfect cast. Yeah. It is honest to God perfect. <laughs> In this particular case of the new series, I think, I mean, I think everyone can agree that Jenna Ortega is incredible. Yes. She is, like, absolutely perfect. Great and actress. Great actress, and the writing of her character, I think, is really excellent, too. Mm-hmm. It's very on brand, as it should be. And then everything else just kind of goes awry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, What's so so I don't hate it as I'm not. It's not. I'm not saying you hate it. it I'm <laughs> I just not have mixed feelings. I'm not as down on it. Um, okay, there's certain aspects I don't like that I know you like. For example, the use of the cramp song from oh. you know. I'm kind of neutral about that, honestly. I don't. I wouldn't yeah. say I love it. Okay. I'm just not mad about it. Okay. <laughs> to me, it bugs me. Like it. It doesn't. I don't think it fits, it mm-hmm. with, especially because they were they do demonstrate in the show the ability to have a educated music supervisor who's choosing decent songs to have in the background, like the acoustic cello, Metallica, nothing yeah. else matters. You know, to the to the different songs um, they've thrown in there, and I think they could have done something a little gothier. I don't find mm-hmm. it's it's not a dark song to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is a complicated one. It's interesting. Because also I'd say the other, the cello covers aren't necessarily goth songs either. No. It's like the Stones, Metallica, I right. forget what else. Um, yeah. I think they're appropriate songs. I'm just, I guess like 
point is, I don't think they need to be gothy. Hmm. Which is an interesting, I do want to talk about that in terms of having a goth podcast and how this is relevant to, you know, goth subculture, but also how, like, the atoms are very separate from subculture. Right, but I think what's happening with this Wednesday resurgence is that they're getting lumped into the goth world. They are. That's actually a weird thing I noticed in some of the dialogue that Wednesday's peers will refer to as goth girl, and that does not sit right with me. Because the sort of Adam's ethos is really separate from how we think about pop culture, subculture, um, which they also had to sort of justify with her saying, like, I'm not, I don't have a cell phone, I'm not a slave to technology, mm. which I actually thought was pretty well done, because we're going to address, because it's, like, right, whether they can't have a fucking, you know, yeah, iPhone, yeah, on top <laughs> it of things. would be wrong, um, so, but you do have to address it if you're going to, like, throw them into a modern setting, mm-hmm. which is also another... I realize that it is in the title of the show, so I shouldn't bitch about it as much as I do. It is called Wednesday. It is not called The Addams Family. Yeah. Right? So I do keep getting hung up on this because so much of their, the importance of the Adams narrative is how they interact with each other. Family dynamics. Yeah, and how it's sort of them against the world, but also not really against at all. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of separating her and throwing her into, like, basically Hogwarts fan fiction, as I see it. Yes. Um. That I do see. Kind of defeats the purpose of writing a new Adams Family. Yeah, we were talking about before, it's like a I realize it's, it's called Wednesday, so I need to shut the Call fuck up. Wednesday. But, like... <laughs> but, you know, there's Hogwarts, there's, uh, Angel, there's yeah. Nancy Drew, yeah. there's... Um, Stranger Things, uh, yeah. It's, to me, it's 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 almost like they're. It seems very obvious trying to capitalize on the youthful fan, you know, fantasy element that device that seems to be really popular right now. Yeah. Um. And in that, you know, that is what I think resulted. I'm not mad at it completely. I do appreciate the fantasy elements of it. I'm I do appreciate the roommate. I like her her dichotomy, you know, sort of, you know, just balancing things in relationship to Wednesday. I thought that was a cute little addition. Yes. <laughs> you don't like it. It's you and Elise. Her, Come on. I can't. Her acting is annoying. Oh. Yeah. And I know to an extent she's supposed to be a little bit irritating. You know, yeah. That's on purpose, but I don't know. I'm, I guess her presence, like, it makes sense if you're going to throw Wednesday into an environment like that. Like, sure, that that checks out. But I guess I wish there was less focus on all of these non-Adams characters. Mm. Because they really do get their own, like, not even subplots. Like, do all get their own plot lines that are... I, I don't know. It could be its own show. It's very much like the remake of Sabrina as well. But mm. Sabrina has less of a legacy, so I think that worked a little better. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. really care for that either, though, actually. Like, it was cute, but... Yeah. I only I didn't get through the whole series. I didn't either. I think I watched the first season, but then kind of gave up. But yeah, the, the supernatural aspect is just, to me, so unnecessary. Oh, yeah, the, the psychic premonitions. Yeah, which that does, yeah, remind me of Angel, which was also a really dumb plot device when oh. Bedelia would have her visions. Um. <laughs> My neck hurts every time I see her, like, <laughs> throw her head back. I'm know, just I like, know. oh, Cairo. Yeah, I just, actually, this is really great timing. I happened to look at my Facebook memories today, and one that came up was this meme. Uh, it was, like, I guess, like, a Reddit thread or something. Mm. And it was, like, basically saying, like, the Adams Family, like, 
they're not that like supernatural or anything like that. They're just like really on their goth game. <laughs> nice. And then somebody else comments like, "Yeah, no, but they have a disembodied sentient hand as part of the." <laughs> There's and, that. And then the rebuttal is, "That's just what happens when you reach peak goth." <laughs> so we get handsy. We get handsy. <laughs> yeah, no, but I thought that was like so relevant to what we were just talking about with like the level of supernatural that's going on with this TV show as mm. the like. Yeah, they do have some, like, unexplainable supernatural elements as part of the otherworldliness of their family, and we just sort of take that with a suspension of disbelief, which is part of their charm. But then if you lean too hard into that, right. it just becomes this whole other Hogwartsy thing, really. Like, what? Sirens are real? Okay. Like... Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of, like, the OG version of, of the Addams Family, the character's... Like, character of Morticia and Raul and Gomez didn't exactly embody any other fictitious characters. But you have the mother, who's clearly a witch. Yes. <laughs> yes you have is. Lurch, who's clearly, like, some kind of Frankenstonian Yeah, yeah some sort of animation may have occurred. Uh, right. <laughs> and Fester, I don't, uh, I don't... Well, Fester could conduct electricity. <laughs> conduct electricity. There we go. There's that. <laughs> and then kind of, like, humpback of, you know, hunchback of Nord... Well, I can't say it. Hunchback of Notre Thank Dame. you. Thank you. I don't... Oh, really? A little bit. Huh, okay. A little bit of that uh, aspect to him. But, you know, the kids, I don't think there was anything necessarily that they were embodying other than their parents. Yeah. But yeah, so there were those fantasy elements. Yeah, like you were saying with the sirens and the wolf pack and the this and the vampires and stuff, I think it's a little too much. I do like the concept of outsiders. Yeah. Of like trying to be like, this is a, you know, academy for rejects or doesn't fit into modern, you know, pop culture mainstream. And I like the fact that, you know, they are othered, but I know it was a little too much of that, the fantasy element. Yeah. And then, yeah, the family dynamics get complicated too, in that, like, I do find it interesting to, like, uh, use these characters at slightly different ages, mm. you know? Um so given that Wednesday is a little bit older Old, yeah. in this, um, which she also was in the 90s films because mm -hmm. she was a really little kid in the 60s. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Like a little, little kid. And I guess if you're going to, you know, do a thing about a teenage character, having a rebellion against your parents is sort of par for that course. But I think they leaned a little too hard into that. They did. Because the family is like, their solidarity is such like an integral aspect of their characters mm -hmm. and why they matter, mm -hmm. like culturally. Always standing up for each other, helping each other, being there for each other, no matter what. Yeah. I guess I do appreciate that um, Morticia seems to understand that yeah. Wednesday is going through a thing, so she's not mad about it, and she it sort of knows she'll come around. So that part, the sort of subtlety in that, I do respect mm. and appreciate. Yes and no. Like, part of me was like, obviously they needed a, a story device to get thing in the picture. Right. But I also felt like that's a little, like, encumbering on her independence to be like, here, quickly join her, you know, keep an eye on things, take care of her, kind of a... Yeah, it is a little <laughs> underhanded, so to speak. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, anyway. <laughs> And yeah, so as, as perfect as Jenna Ortega is, I know, I'm sorry, the bitching is going to commence. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones had really great potential to yeah, be we a good were, I was very excited for her. I and love her. I do too. Like, I think it was, in theory, really good casting, but something is not right. Yeah. And same with Luis Guzman, and I 
initially, like my first knee-jerk reaction was like, I'm very, we all are culturally accustomed to these suave dapper yes. yes. of Raul Julia and John Aston. But of course, if you're going to look at the original uh, cartoon drawings, uh, it, that actually does look like Louis mm-hmm. Guzman. So mm-hmm. if you're going that route, in theory, really good casting too. But man, he is not bringing it. No. He is like none of the Gomez energy. Like Gomez will literally fight the sun. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, and, and not there's not a lot of fire between them. There is not. Or he it's doesn't cold. have fire in general. Yeah. You know. She has a little bit of the like I can see she's, she's trying. trying to do that sort of subdued, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very much a Angelica Houston impression. Yeah. You know, because like Carolyn Jones was actually very animated and lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is part of why Angelica Houston is like really perfected. Yeah. That, that subtlety. And she has her moments, mm-hmm. you know, where she sort of does get there, but it's not consistent and it's, there's something too empty. I don't know. Yeah. And there's also, I was bitching about this when we were, <laughs> when we were watching it the last round and I was like, I know this is petty. I know this is fucking stupid, but also it's not. She looks like she's wearing a costume. I was really, just oh, right. really yeah. distracted by her makeup. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to fixate on that too much, but like, I have to. Like, yeah, she looks like she's dressed up as a goth person. Like, Didn't we say there's something about the color of yeah. her? Yeah. It's this, like, Purple. again, I feel petty even talking about it this much. Maroon. Yeah, it's like this sort of dark maroon, which, again, does not look bad, but it just looks like kind of someone who got dressed up to go out to a goth night, or as, like, again, I shouldn't fixate so much, but, like, just that bright matte red of Angelica Houston. I don't know. It, it does something. There's a high contrast... That is like she's she's not trying to be something else. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to be part of a subculture. Oh, okay, so the browning of the lipstick tone is she's trying hard too hard to fit in. I hate how much it matters to me. <laughs> yeah, although and now that I think about it, being that the uh, original series was in black and white, uh, she probably was wearing darker lipstick. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I felt like Catherine Zeta Jones's dress wasn't quite as tight as Angelica Houston's. It also looked unfinished. Oh, like what, actually, was it, what did it need? Uh, I mean, Angelica Houston's, like, the, the costume design of that film, the set design, everything, was, like, so perfect, mm-hmm. you know? And there's certain, like, things you could only see on that dress and certain light, and the whole thing is so dark that you kind of can't even tell how intricate it is in those mm. shots, which is, like, it's like there's layers hidden. There's more to your imagination. Yeah. Um, and then, so the, and her dress was very, it looked like, kind of looked like a Halloween costume. Mm. It was very, like, one... One texture. Yeah, one note. Kind of not a lot of dimension to it. And I'm not saying I wouldn't wear it. I would. <laughs> <laughs> wear the Wednesday skirt. I, yeah. <laughs> true. I accidentally bought a skirt that looks a lot like Wednesday's uh, school uniform. Wear it all the time. <laughs> looks great. <laughs> I don't know. There's just the sexiness of Angelica's relationship with Raul that is yes. missing. But I know that maybe, like, they've been, you know, married longer, and, like, that's the <laughs> whole true, thing, or the focus is on the family and the, you know, the issues, the problems, but, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I do, I do wish that there was just more going on with, with the parents. I and mean, why does there have to be some kind of, like, life or death, saving of the lives, like, yeah. kind of, like, it's almost like a you know, a CSI or like there's some <laughs> kind of like forensic file shit happening. Yeah, totally. I, that is Solve the, thing, the mystery. That is a, yeah, that's the whole Nancy Drew aspect as well. 
And that is the thing I was thinking about in terms of, it is frankly too plot heavy. There's too many plots. And I was thinking about, okay, like these characters influenced me so much. And the plots actually are very, very secondary. Like the plots of both of the 90s films are basically like someone from the outside is trying to get Fester's money. That's pretty much it. That's not that interesting on paper. It's the characters that make it compelling. Yeah. So leaning that heavily into plot is, it kind of goes against. (sighs) Can we just have a moment of silence for Joan Cusack? Oh, I know. (laughs) She's the best. (laughs) The best. And I love how they embrace her. Like they kind of like, even after, at the, at the end, right? Yeah, because they respect her deviousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do, like, an, an outsider uh, large character point, oh, she, she fit was the bill. fucking perfect. She fit the bill. <laughs> and in, in theory, like, you know, taking the kids out of context and having so many values and putting them at summer camp, like, could have been, like, disappointing in this type of a way. Mm. Where it's like, oh, the kids go to camp? Really? Oh. Like, that old fucking plot? And yet it's still done perfectly. Oh, my gosh. There was, like, the blonde girl... The blonde girl who Amanda. plays, she's amazing. <laughs> she reminds me so much of a girl from my, when I grew up in Sunday school. Wow. And ch- like growing <laughs> up in church, she reminds me to a T of this girl. And <laughs> I highly doubt she's listening. Yeah. No, I know. I know she's not like so coddled by her parents. Like I remember we'd go to summer camp and you could send mail to your kids and we were there only a week mad. And her parents had to make her feel like she was the specialist one in the world that they literally sent 50 plus a day. So they say they backloaded it. Yeah. So she would receive, so, so the person calling the mail out, (laughs) which does sound exactly like you just did a perfect imitation of those camp counselors. Yes, totally. (laughs) And so, oh, isn't she lovely? Yes, totally. Like that aspect where everybody's like charmed by her and the fact that she's so beloved by her family made everybody else all like, did the parents think how that would make the other kids feel? No, people don't think like that. No, but it was just like shining a spot on their Blonde golden child. You are harboring some baggage. I am. But that's what it reminds me of so much is that. And but but I'll never forget like Amanda, yeah. that. Like that's that, like, oh my god, entitled just look at me. I'm a pretty picture. Okay, I've had my moment. Oh wow. Anyway. Do you feel better? I do. Weren't you a blonde golden child? Oh my god, not like that. No, no I know, I know. <laughs> But I, I love that whole summer camp and then turns into a the Native American bit. It's just genius. Yeah. 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 And I did, okay, I, I went on to watch like another, I watched two more episodes did last you? night. Did you? Help me. Without you. Okay. I'll watch them again. Dissertation level shit. But something about the Adams family and Charles Adams uh, and being part of the New Yorker, there's always been like a social justice aspect to their weirdness. Yeah, right. And... Obviously, that shows up when Wednesday is, you know, telling the real story of right. the pilgrims. You have taken the land. <laughs> it's rightfully ours. Exactly. And that they do sort of go back to that with the whole uh, weird Puritan narrative going mm-hmm. on in the television show. And I actually wrote down her line that stuck with me because I didn't share it. Whitewashing the sins of our past will come back to kill us all. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So Wednesday does say that. And I think that that speaks a lot to uh, the camp. Counselor scenes, so yep. I, I did have some respect for that. I'm glad that they kept that. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah. I just, man, the plot heaviness is very, it's Throwing so unnecessary. 
And I feel like there's a way that, like, even if they were to do that whole, like, oh, Gomez is framed for murder, we gotta, like, solve this thing and... You know, did they need all the out. subplots of wait, who's the no. who's the real villain? Exactly. Who has a crush on Wednesday? Both of them? <laughs> Both of them? Right. Yeah, all of those unnecessary. If if they had just wanted to go with like, okay, she's going to this boarding school. The parents had gone to this boarding school. Oh wait, he's framed for murder. Okay, that will not stand. Wednesday's gonna Nancy drew the shit right. out of this. That, I think that could have worked. Alone. The, yeah. Then there's all the layers of like the siren girl and the and you know it's like come on people. Yeah. One thing I was going to bring up regarding to the Adams family values, just real quick before I forget, is remember when they get like forced into the little cabin? The Harmony Hut. The Harmony <laughs> Hut. And the, like, my, she's like, Michael, yeah. they have to be forced to watch Michael Jackson. Disney. Like, yes, yeah, Disney. Brace yourselves. <sighs> You're a young man. Um, it reminded me a little bit of the otherness of Hogwarts or Hogwarts. <laughs> You know what I mean? Of uh, whatever that. No, no, the the name of the school that I can't. Oh, remember. Nevermore. Nevermore. A little yeah. bit of like a place to put the outcasts, which is what happened to them there. And I love that mm. they're forced to like be normal. It's like, oh, yes. Give me and I love the little kid with uh, allergies. Oh yeah, so cute. And the fact that the, at the wedding at the end, and he's wearing his his yarmulke. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Do you know what's happened when my mom uses fabric softener? I die. I, die. <laughs> I love that they bond. No, it's very cute. Yeah. And he also, I think, speaks to the sort of Jewish undercurrents. Yeah. Like, you know, it's obviously implied that they're of Spanish descent. But because of so much of the writing staff is Jewish, it really comes through in their that type of humor, the mm. way that that sort of dark humor functions in the family and also that sort of like social justice aspect mm -hmm. i think that kid joel was like their sort of way of being like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's his family is into into him yeah i didn't look at it until you just said that as like i god i hope they weren't trying to be like his weirdness is the fact that he's jewish well in a sense i think that they are in a positive way because okay. the environment is so waspy Okay, like got that it. Summer camp. He is an outcast, and actually, yes, because he's Jewish, and that's sort of part of what is bonding him with the Adamses. Okay, I took it originally as like the fact that he's allergic to everything. Well, yes, that too. yeah, <laughs> but also I would say we are uh, known, known for having a lot of allergies. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> we're, mm. we're, we're, we're weak people in some ways. <laughs> yeah, and I will have to say, like, I do really appreciate that they leaned into the Spanish heritage aspect of that. Of all the casting, I just wish they'd chosen someone else. <laughs> who who bugs you the most? Luis Guzman. Yeah, same. Yeah, and it's and I gotta like specify it's not because he's not hot Gomez. Right. You know, even though I am used to hot Gomez, I get where they're going with that. I respect that choice. It's his acting. Yeah, it's a little too subdued. Yeah, and maybe it's the writing too. I'm not really sure how much is the acting versus the writing. Mm. May not as like punchy in his in his writing I don't know whereas Wednesday is so on brand that it's like it's like almost AI generated like, yeah yes, make me a Wednesday Adams and yeah like, there she is oh god don't say that That's <laughs> I know what they're doing I was, now I know I should cheers to the actual human writers who yeah. did some good real human writing <laughs> yeah I miss I miss the like the romance of their relationship and the fact that it was it was unexpected you know, you're not supposed to be that in love with each other when you're <laughs> married and with kids. Like, that's almost unheard of. And the fact that they had that just 
never-ending burning passion yeah. to torture, to pain, <laughs> tonight. Yeah. You know, I, love I mean, and even in the 60s on the television show, it was very impressive how much they did lean into that, especially when, like, I don't know, pretty much all examples of television married couples were kind of contentious, and most of the humor oh, yeah. was from their conflict. Um, even like, I mean, for example, like Lucy and Ricky, you know, yep. they're always like sort of deceiving each other and going behind each other's backs and all these yep. things. All in the family. And, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one's rough. Yeah. And of those dynamics. Yeah. And part of the, I mean, anybody who's into the Adams, like this is a pretty obvious point, but I have to say it, like part of what makes them different and outcast is actually what makes them so wholesome. Mm-hmm. Like it really, it highlights how dysfunctional quote-unquote normal people are so if we're gonna you know go into the lives of this very different looking family they're actually kind of what everyone is striving for um and I know that goth people know that and I think that mainstream audiences who love them but maybe didn't lean as hard into the goth side uh I think very much subconsciously uh experience that mm. well there's lots of romance right in the goth underworld that's that's true too yeah we all want to be Morticia and Gomez right <laughs> Yep. Uh, Katamia. It's, it's a tall order. Mon cher. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just had a thought and it went... Oh, I was going to say, um, but when I was in Cinque Terre and um, I had this amazing, I'll summarize, just amazing experience with a... Um, I was renting a cot in someone's kitchen and like I didn't know the guy and I came out of the shower and he had left me a note in broken English that invited me to the next city over Vernazia's like once a year celebration and I went anyway um long story short it was like Mardi Gras dancing in the streets we're coming back on the train in the middle of the night the lights are off and everybody on the train found out that I was American and they all came up to me at the same time in this big group and was like da 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 wow and I was like I'll never forget that I'm like that was their association with America and well, also you have Morticia hair. Oh, thanks. You I do. don't know if I did at the time. Oh, we do now. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was just the most bizarre. That's like in the middle, it was like four in the morning, like crowd swarm of Italians singing Adam's family. <laughs> That's so thing. cute. Do you remember? Like, was your gothness showing? Because I'm guessing it wasn't just being American. Maybe <laughs> I, I think I probably yeah. In fact, I know the only dress I brought on my trip was black, so I was probably you wearing. Probably that. did look like Morticia. Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> but I, it, I didn't take it that way. I took it as like, oh my gosh, that's their only like claim to America was Adam's family. But maybe you're right. I think it's both. I they, mean, if you had it looked like you, me. it could have been Scooby Doo or something. Yeah, I'll just never. I'll just <laughs> was like baffled and fascinated by that. I was like. Wow. That is quite flattering. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Adam's family. I appreciate the whimsical fantasy of it all. Too, like you said, too plot heavy. It, I wish it just leaned more into the familial connection and maybe just like her having an experience outside of her family and maybe a teach, teachable moment. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, there is a lot of actually like ethics and like non-preachy morality Mm. wrapped up in the Adams family, even though they're mildly homicidal at times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like they didn't really 
lean into that part Mm-mm. as much. It's- Did her, like, kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek one-liners bother you at all? Like, were they predictable a little bit? They were a little bit, but I that's kind of how Wednesday's always been written. Okay. So, even though it was, like, it's pretty on the nose, like, yeah, yep, here we go, uh, it was also perfect. So, okay. I, I was not bothered by that. Okay, good. I, I see how I could have been, you Yeah. Know? Were you? Um, a little bit. Yeah. It did, it did, I mean, but I know that's, that's the brand, but it's like, I was like, really, does she have to snark every line? I know. I mean, Christina Ricci does, though, as well. She didn't she's, bother me as much. <laughs> I did not care for Christina Ricci's character. Yeah, that was weird. I wish that she that was weird. W- would have shown up as her aunt or... I know, it seemed like such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, why would she not be related? Yeah. Why is she a random teacher? That that was strange, and then she, why would Evermore even have her on staff? Like it just seems Nevermore. Nevermore. Did I say Evermore? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then what did you think about going back when she flashed back to when she was burned at the stake? Oh, as a blonde. Right. Um, Goody Adams. That's right. You were you were saying I was about saying that something. Earlier. I looked more into that. I so I saying that it was based on a true story from you know. Puritan slash witchy times. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked that up, I was misremembering it, I think. Oh, okay. um, the But Goody, I guess, was a pretty common uh, nickname. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't realize, so I was mixing that up with some other story. It's like Good Little Vesta. Yeah. No, it's like, it's, yeah, I know, it's, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> but I guess it was like a reference to like Good Wife and it was shortened to Goody. So it's a pretty common name. Yeah, I don't know. I once I watch a little bit more of it again, I might have a stronger okay opinion. Yeah, it was definitely interesting that they were trying to trying to do something with like Puritans, you know, settling and Mexican immigration, which I guess is supposed to be the roots of the Adams family, mm-hmm. which kind of checks out actually. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty like okay like solid origin story. But they made a, made a mistake, right? They did, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, I do. It you was do? Okay. it was the fact that in the flashback. Her, the blonde woman's mother, the blonde version of her, was supposed to be a native. Right. But in the lore, in, or in the you know genealogy, it's Gomez family. Right. Gomez Adams. Yeah. So that would have been Gomez's family. Yeah. Not Morticia's. And we never really get much of a frump backstory. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, a confusing element of like, oh, like, I, we thought he came over from Spain, and maybe, I don't know. And like, I thought it was that, like, lineage problem that it was supposed to be Morticia's family that we were flashing yeah, back to, but that, it was really Gomez's, who was Spanish. Yeah, I don't know. I do remember ranting about this. Unless her family was native. Right, which is totally possible, yeah. too. So... That's I don't know. Let's put a pin in that. Yeah, I, I, I was ranting about it when we were watching it, but I'm not. I might 100%. have been wrong. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was very funny though. When we were watching this last week. My housemate, she was my, very vocal. <laughs> my housemate Allison joined us for a little bit. She hadn't watched it yet, and she's a big film buff and you know fan of the Adams family, fan of Tim Burton. She was making she had faces. Things to say. She was having a rough go. She did not like the editor. <laughs> no, she was mad at the editing. Uh, and she did make a very good point that it looks like a Netflix show because it yeah. is one, you know. Yeah. But the aesthetic is very um, 
Well, I, I kept saying that it looks like a CW show. Yes. And, and we looked up the origins and it is a yeah. CW editor. Yeah. So or not CW, WB. Oh, WB, which is the same yeah. company. Yeah. And I think we all know like what I mean when I say a CW show. Yeah. It's a certain certain aesthetic. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Riverdale, very much Riverdale. Very situation. Riverdale. Um, even Supernatural. I, uh, yeah. yeah. And she was saying the production design as well was cheap and shoddy. And yeah. then went on to show us... <laughs> Other (laughs) production designs by Tim Burton and was like, clearly there's been an error. Yeah, that was very funny. I was saying like, hey, come on the podcast and rant about it. Yeah, I wish she would. And she was like, I don't want my podcast debut to be that negative. Yeah, I'd be like, (laughs) we'll do it for you. Yeah, so shout out to housemate Allison and her strong opinions. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do appreciate them doing a Wednesday one of the things we were talking about too is the fact that it was it's timeless like yes. it, there's no it's always going to be a hit it's always going to be popular um just kind of like the goth world in a way that there's no necessarily timely reason right yeah but that's true we go back um unless there's unless we want to go off on a tangent about you know the timing of the goth movement in relation to which we already talked about a little bit, to yeah. punk and what was happening in the world, like, I want to say globally. Uh-huh. So do you think it's a reaction to that, or do you think it's reaction to the decadence of the 80s, um, um, granola of the 70s? Well, I don't know, especially if you consider that this started in the 50s. 50s. Like, um, with the New Yorker cartoons. So oh, okay. Adam's family predates goth as we know it. Oh, okay. Which I think is part of why it's... A little bit unsettling or off-putting to when you make like garbage jokes. Yeah, because um, obviously the atoms are integral to our subculture, but we absorbed them. Yeah, you know uh, they were already doing their thing. We just didn't have a word for what to call that family. Right. Um, which I think is necessary for how they function culturally. If that, if Charles Adams hadn't started the these cartoons until the eighties, for instance. Mm-hmm the meaning would be totally different because it would have to be in dialogue with mm. goth subculture or it would seem like it was spawned by goth subculture, but it's, they're very parallel, mm-hmm. kind of. And I will say that, like, also, that could have been an issue by making those movies in the early 90s when goth was actually, like, at one of its peaks, mm-hmm. you know, in 91. And they kind of circumvented it. They really... When the Adams is engaged with the outside world, mm-hmm. um, there's no reference to the fact that goth people exist, and I think that's actually great. Yeah, and it's kind of a thing you don't really think about because you don't have to think about it um, until we started doing this project, and it's like, okay, if we're so much of that, how their family interacts with the outside world is dependent on them not being part of a subculture. You know what I mean? No, explain. Okay. <sighs> If they were embraced by real-life goth people, as they would be, were given the option. Okay, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, be the as, other. Exactly. Gotcha. They wouldn't be as isolated. Okay. They are their own subculture. Right. But the whole Halloween-y, like, not Halloween-y, but the whole, you know, there's a moat under the castle, there's a graveyard. <laughs> it's exactly. Uh, you're going for a stroll to visit, you know, your relatives yeah. out in your backyard. Like, that whole element. You get why people make jokes 
or, or reference of the course, goth world yeah. and the Adamses. Well, it's capital G gothic. Capital G. As, as, as in, in, like, the literary genre. Of, right, right, right. You know, that, that would have been sort of what he was referencing, which we still reference all the time. In, but you know what? I have to say, and we go to a club every Wednesday <laughs> called yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did bug me. It did bug me when that's what they named the club. Oh, me too. Like, yeah, I agree. And I don't like the flyers. Like, I don't like the flyers. I don't like the spelling. I don't like the, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, don't appropriate it. You know, I know. It's, it feels very, like... I didn't really make, I mean, other than the connection of wearing black, I don't think of myself as a, you know, a Morticia or a Wednesday. I well, mean, apparently I, the Italians do. Okay. <laughs> right? Is that, is, I, I don't know. I think you're Oh, right. you mean, oh, back then. You. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> yes, the Italians yes. think of you yes. as Morticia. <laughs> back, yes. Back in the year 2000. Yeah. Um, I do think of myself as a childless Morticia. We can think of better names. We can. I mean, if you haven't noticed, I subtly only say, are you going to, I just say Bordners. Bordners. I'm, yeah. I'm we'll, I, we'll start a club called Morticia's. <laughs> no. I don't like Tish. That. No. <laughs> I don't like it. I was just, as you know, I rewatched Mad Men all the fucking time, mm-hmm. um, which also, of course, takes place at the same time that the original series would have been yep. on television. And I just... <laughs> This just speaks to, like, I think how nuanced and perfect Mad Men is in its writing. Don Draper uses the Adams to make fun of somebody, mm-hmm. you know? Which is just, like, yeah, the mainstream completely missing the mark of what is going on with uh, the Adam Stanley narrative. So he's dropping off Sally at um, Betty and her new husband's, like, you know, mansion house. Mm-hmm. And he goes, give my love to Morticia and Lurch. And, which is, I think, very much on purpose and perfect uh, it says something about his character. Yeah. Because someone who was saying that completely missed the point of the Adams family because calling his ex-wife, who is a terrible mother, Morticia, oh. is actually a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> and also, but I think subconsciously, he wouldn't say Morticia and Gomez because that actually is a perfect couple. Whereas saying Morticia and Lurch is this sort of mismatched. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. No, I don't like that. Don't, don't use it. No, no, it's it's awful, but it, it's on purpose. It speaks right. to Don, Don Draper as that kind of person who is just missing the mark on this. Sure is, yeah. And... <laughs> oh, no worries. <laughs> we were just talking about her, right? Yeah. We were yeah. just talking about you on here. Uh, about your opinion on the Adams fa- on Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> her expression says it all. She just walked away. Oh, I was going to mention, um, okay, so another little sidebar antidote. When I, my old boss, when I worked on, uh, you know, the show for 15 mm-hmm. seasons, I was a executive producer, line producer's assistant, and the joke was, well, I always like to get, get him, like, creative gifts for the holidays or birthday or something because he had, a, like, a wicked sense of humor, and for the life of him... He could not remember, like his office was near like the construction mill. So a lot of the construction team would walk back and forth by his office all the time. They'd say, always say hello to him and he would never know who he's talking to. So he told me one day, he's like, you got to help me. I want to learn everybody's, I want to learn all the construction guys' names. And I was like, great. So for his birthday, I made, me and the graphic artist conspired together. We did a photo shoot with the construction mill painter construction guys for each month we had four guys headshots with their names <laughs> oh holding, holding a name that's very funny right and so the our graphic artist put together this calendar and he added 
And I took a photo too, but, and I put like the nickname that he used to call me. The graphic artist guy took it on his own to not put my photo in there. Instead, he posted Morticia. Wow. And put Heather. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so another so... appropriation of, you know. But that's so a compliment. It, it was, but I think like the way that they would say it would be like, yeah. it is a little bit of a dick. That is interesting yeah. where it's coming from. Yeah. But it's it's also kind of like, well, joke's on you if you thought you were making fun of me. That's yeah, like I'm the like, highest thanks. there is. Thank you. So the Angelica Houston? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice. Like, I've had relationships where people would call me, or they would, um, Kara Mia, or, <laughs> and I'd say, well, shit. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, like that. Have you? No. Okay. I don't, it, I think it's, too, it's yeah. too cheesy for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be done in jest. Yeah, yeah. It's not, cute, I'm not though. taking it seriously. I mean, I did do, this was not in a romantic relationship, but I did do Morticia and Gomez burlesque in my burlesque days. Oh, fun! Oh, like half and half? No, or... no, like I was Morticia and my partner was oh. Gomez, and it was, oh. it was a duet. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was actually really good. Oh, <laughs> We put a lot of work into it. Um, it's the only burlesque act that I sort of kept doing after I sort of stepped out of doing that, because it's mm. like... It had a whole narrative arc. Yeah. It was, we did a fucking really good job, honestly. It's your roots. Yeah. Yeah. I had spider pieces. Where was that? Uh, this was at Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Mainly. Okay. Yeah. There was a few places, but it was with Hollywood Jane Review. Mm-hmm. My partner's uh, my friend Chris Carrillo, whose stage name was Robin Switch. Oh, nice. Um, and his wife helped us choreograph it because I can't do that. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I had to sort of learn to tango. Oh, I could see you doing that, I, yeah. Oh, God, I'm a terrible partner dancer. It was so hard. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. And I, again, this is a, a thing that, like, I've seen some, this is kind of a tangent, some Wednesday burlesque, which is upsetting. It is. Because it's a that's child. a child. Um, not cool. Oh. So, and even, I even didn't want to do Morticia burlesque without Gomez because they're such a unit and I didn't like the idea of just sexualizing and objectifying Morticia separately yeah because they are a unit of sexiness yes and that is also a problem I've had with certain like you know burlesque situations where it's like only gonna like go the sort of classic hetero yeah male gaze female performer and our troupe was actually really good about being like really like Mixed gender and diverse. And That's everything. great. So he had tearaway pants. <laughs> nice. <laughs> ah, I love that moment in the Adams family when they are tango or are they tangoing? I dancing so. together yeah. and he's distracted by another woman and lights her yeah. cigarette. And we have and, that in our act. Oh, would, I love that moment. He would go out into the audience and light yes. someone and then And then Mortis like yep. What? Yep. We were quite fiery. We were quite fiery. Yes. And I I did Clip a Rose on stage. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. So much passion. Because it just, you know, it's sort of, it's more, it just, it's a nod to the connection and the fact that they're still, you know, they still have like hormones and passion, you know, in their blood and they're not just this marital unit. Yeah. And it's, this shouldn't be such a hard line to walk. I think this speaks to like a larger cultural problem uh, that Morticia sort of does embody both like the nurturing mother and also a sexy, independent woman. Yeah, like, being a mother does not neutralize her no. sexually. It also Damping being a sexy person does peel. not negate being a family person. Right. 
Right. She she did the unheard of. She yeah. Which I'm, fucking shouldn't be. Like no. it should not be that big of a deal. And yeah, here we are. And I don't know what this <laughs> says about like motherhood and whatnot, but the moment she gives uh, birth to pubert, oh my <laughs> god, I love that. It's like she's like, I'm going to have a baby right, right now. now. <laughs> like so that's that yes. whole like getting pregnant was completely removed. So it does kind of look at her in this kind of superhuman yeah. light um, where she is still allowed to be sexy, dare I say. Yeah. I mean, I guess it helps that like they are um, very into pain. So right? the fact that she is experiencing labor are contractions. <laughs> Agony. Agony. Yeah. Yes, darling. Yeah. Oh. Drugs. No, but ask the children. Pubert is the best name. I know. It's filthy. He's got his father's eyes. Gomez, take, take those, those things out of his mouth. See, the writing is just so, it's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> who wrote that? So the director yeah. is Barry Sonnenfeld, mm -hmm. who I think I think went on to do Men in Black, and that's kind of <laughs> it. Like, it's a really weird, yeah. like, who knew that this, like, fucking kind of unheard of director could do so well yeah. with this? You look up the writers. I do know that they are Jewish, though. Yeah. I remember reading about this kind of recently. Da 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 da. <laughs> the writers are always laughed. I know. Right? More ways than one. Mm hmm. Uh, Paul Rudnick. Oh. Yeah, interestingly, he did. I'm looking up some stuff. Yeah. Um, the Stepford Wives Sister Act. It's a pretty random okay. sort of things that he worked on. And of course, Charles Adams is always credited as a writer because. Yeah, it's the IP. Yeah. But also, like, even some of his original jokes are still used. Oh. There's, oh, God, what is it? I want to say it's in the first one with the Fester comes back, and she's, like, Morticia's going through, like, the old closet, and she's, like, Uncle Knick-Knack's winter wardrobe under with the yeah. summer wardrobe. Uncle Knick-Knack. Uncle Knick-Knack. In a body yeah. bag. And that actually is a New Yorker comic panel. Oh, Just that's Just that little cute. joke. So they, like, they do work in some, like, one-liners. Knick-Knack. <laughs> I love the party when, like, all the, you know, eclectic... Adam's family, you know, extended family comes out of the woodwork and you see, yeah. like, what are the twins' names? Flora and Fauna. There we go. Yeah, yeah I mean, so that party, I, oh, yeah. given we that it's about 91, could have easily turned into a goth party mm -hmm. in the way that, like, I don't know, the fucking raven was sort of a, I don't, well, obviously it wasn't the goth party, it was white raven. The raven dance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, like, given that it's 1991, that could have looked like a goth club, and I appreciate that they didn't do that. Yeah. They had a ballroom. They did have a ballroom. <laughs> yeah. Helps. What do you think would have been better in place of the cramps? I've thought about this. Um, I would have been fine with Bauhaus or not that song. Yeah, yeah. Bauhaus, Sisters, I don't know, maybe it's too expensive. I don't know. Oh. Maybe they couldn't afford it. Um, but I don't know. Burton? Even yeah. Danny Elfman, like, something, hmm. you know, Dead Man's Party or, not Dead Man's Party, but No One Lives Forever. Mm. Yeah, actually, Uncle Blanco could be a, That's be more fun and yeah. goth adjacent. Know, festive. Not, yeah, yeah, goth adjacent. <laughs> but not the cramp. The cramps, mm, it felt very rockabilly to me. Well, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't think that belonged there yeah and why know. would she know it yeah i mean that i mean i guess she has a musical catalog that goes up to about 50 years ago given her okay her cello yeah. uh, choices yeah which i recall a friend i know i told you this um he was feeling like it was a bad choice to 
uh, use those basically rock songs. Yeah. Because they were too modern mm-hmm. for her. Uh, and I was like, dude, we suddenly actually are old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That is n- not, not contemporary. <laughs> those are about 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday is a child. So mm-hmm. uh, it actually checks out. We just got old. Yeah. And he's my friend who was saying this. It's like about 20 years older than me, too. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> Except for nothing else matters. But yeah, I don't think they were still bad dated. Choices. Yeah. You were never a big Metallica person? Nope. <laughs> were you? It depends on the album. Um, we had a lot of, um, we had some garage band types at high school that would play Metallica covers in our school bowl that I, you know, enter Sandman and, uh-huh. you know. But I wasn't, I mean, I, I loved one, like, some, do you remember one or um, Fade to Black? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have nothing against them. I just never got, like, I'm not them. a metal person by any yeah. means, but I appreciated some of their songs. Yeah. So. Even a Susie song would be better yeah. than, like, Goo Goo Muck. Excuse me. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Susie would, would make some sense. Even like Echo and the Bunny Men or something. Yeah. Who we interviewed in my dream last night. Yes. Uh, yeah. I want to know. I love that. <laughs> I don't I, know. That's very, a good sign. very random. Charlotte, are you going to come through for us? Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be great. I've heard weird things about their performances too. They're, they're playing oh, yeah. a cool world. Yeah. Yeah. I know Jay just saw them recently. He said they were great. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. You'll be at Cruel World. Yes. This coming weekend. My first time going, so. Yeah. I still have not. I've been to that venue to see Pasadena Daydream when Cure headlined mm. with uh, the Pixies and Deftones. But, um, so I know the layout. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, crispy daytime goths. Quite, it's not quite a Coachella, but it's Coachella light. Yeah, <laughs> Gothcella. Um, Gothcella. But I don't know. I just got to see Susie and watch her start playing everywhere. Yeah, that is my one, my envy. I have never seen Susie Have you live. seen the videos and photos of her shoes? Sensible shoes, Thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah. Ever- <laughs> did, anyone, did anyone besides Amy send you the sensible shoes meme? Um, people brought it up, but nobody <laughs> sent it up. And then to, to Amy. Anyone, Thanks, Amy. To anyone unaware, Heather is known for wearing sensible shoes. Not quite tennis day. shoes. No, but not, my God. not full Susie level tennis shoes. But comfortable. <laughs> Maybe in 30 years. Dr. Scholl's docs. No, I'm just kidding. God. Um, Dr. Martin Scholl's. There we go. <laughs> his, his married name. Oh, jeez. Yikes. On Is that there, note. Yeah, I know. Is there anything else you want to say about... Boy, um, I'm sure that there will be, and I almost like... As I, we go. I wanted to do this at like a fucking crazy, like actually organized dissertation level, but I, you know, didn't. Um, It'll come out. But yeah, I think this might be a two-parter once yeah. we, because I know I, I always have shit to say about the Adamses, and I I guess I want to end on the note of I'm not, I also hate, ironically, I hate this phrase, but not to yuck anyone's yum. Oh, God. It's awful, right? <laughs> but people keep saying it, and I'm, I'm literally yucking the yum of the yeah. phrase yuck your yum. Goo goo yuck yum. Oh, God, it's so gross. <laughs> but anyway, but the point being... A lot of people really did enjoy this, and I'm not just talking about, like, Gen Z, which I'm... You know what? Anyone new getting into the Adams yeah. family, whoever it happens... Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I'm, like, actually, like, yeah, I don't care how you get here. Join That's us. That's great. But, yeah, even a lot of folks, like our peers, uh, did really enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I know I've been worried about being that sort of, like, crotchety gatekeeper personality <laughs> type, which I know I can be sometimes, so I, I don't know. I just want to... 
Nobody can live up to the OGs. I know. And then, but it really, so many, this happens so often with like remake culture that like, if you grew up with a certain version of it, you kind of just get stuck with that and don't want to let new versions yeah, in. Yeah, or be open to. We kind of forget that, well, those were new in the 90s as well. Like, they were not original, mm. you know. But I'm going to really stand by it. I think that they were perfect. I think that they were um, a step up from the 60s. They wouldn't have been possible without the 60s mm-hmm. television show, and I love it to death. I just want to, like, sort of put a pin in and acknowledge that I know that I sound like one of those crotchety, like, not-my-childhood type Mm. people, and it's not a good look. I don't want to be that person, but maybe I have to admit that I am. It's also the lens in which you viewed it. You were young. You were... Exactly. This was the first, probably one of the first representations of something that you probably felt on the inside. Yeah. But you know what? Shown. My parents were not young, and they had not seen it before, and they're obsessed with it, too. Oh, they are, too. Yeah. Well, now we know. <laughs> now we know why. Well, no, it was it was because I wanted to rent them, and they were like, oh. okay. And then it turned out we all loved it together. Yeah. How cute. <laughs> oh, that, did you ever dress like the Addams Family together, Halloween? You or? know, we didn't. I don't oh, know why. Like, oh, double dog dairy. Uh, well, it's too- no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> you know what? No, it's too... I don't want to be... Look, I, I've evolved into a mortician, even though I'm not having children. Yeah. It would be creepy for me to be a Wednesday now, I think. Okay. But okay. my mom would still make a great Morticia. Yeah. She looks like Angelica Houston. Two Morticia. Okay, that would be weird. I know. <laughs> Never mind. I've seen that. I know. Do you think, do you, I, this phrase, like you were talking about um, phrases like yuck your yum and things, <laughs> but to me the phrase I keep hearing, and maybe it's like a message to my subconscious, um, is do you believe that an object changes by being viewed does art change upon being viewed does seeing you know does that apply here that is a large philosophical question i got well you got 20 minutes yeah (laughs) i'm not sure where to start on that one what what do you think about that in in relation to this i think it does change it Uh and and the act of being viewed and in art in general um i'm I'm trying to well especially from like from your pov like it, it could be the artist or the entity itself being aware that it is being viewed is changing their performance. It could be the meaning changes by viewing it. Um, it could be the time because of the you know time. The passage of time is now changing from the creation moment. It's changing the meaning, changing the the state. I mean, I guess if if I viewed this sort of mean a larger sense of being in like cultural context and cultural yeah. dialogue. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're saying actually speaks to what I was trying to say about if Charles Adams hadn't created these characters as early on as he did, mm. it wouldn't be possible. It, I think because now that we do have subculture that mm-hmm. they would fit into, it's harder. Mm. It's harder to create new modern stories with them. Right. Which doesn't mean that it's not doable. I think it's very doable, but it is like a bit of a taller order. Yeah. It just makes me think like what other subcultures are going to come out based on like modern day IP or modern um, fads or, you know, is there going to be a hipster (laughs) subculture? Well, there is. I don't think it. Well, no, but I mean like sub sub genres, like, like we're saying that goth in itself is not an impetus of the Adams family mm. and vice versa. 
but I'm wondering what else is going to be out there based on... Well, I would say, okay. In the zeitgeist. I would say, like, the, like, Wes Anderson aesthetic. Ooh, like, prompted, like There we go. Like, cottagecore and, like, yeah. a certain kind of, like, hipsterness that's, like, a very aesthetic, very... It's very obvious uh, tone. Yeah. I don't know. That was, like, the only thing that came to mind is, like, Wes Anderson oh, yeah. cottagecore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now that's sort of like that's I'm seeing that everywhere where people are yeah. like trying to mimic it's like that Pinterest vibes <laughs> totally <laughs> um, sweatshirt around the shoulders normcore um, normcore <laughs> oh god I hate that word it makes me cringe all right anyway we'll leave you with that like pervasive intellectual quandary yeah, all over the place yeah. but yeah we'll come back with some some more hot and not so hot takes about this thank you for. Uh, listening. I hope that I'm not too crotchety. Tell them what your uh, tattoo says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a tattoo of the Adams Family Crest. Sic gorgiamos a los subjectatos nunc. I will gladly feast. We will gladly feast, feast on, on those, those who, who would, would subdue, subdue us. us. Not just pretty words. <laughs> Tell me really quick, what do you think that means? Ooh, good question. So... My mom was actually going to get this tattoo with me, and she has not done it. I have to find the artist for her. That is on my... It's on me. Mm. But it is about oppression, I think. Oh, okay. Saying we, we are Adamses. We are unkillable. I mean, that's that's the whole thing that Gomez launches okay. into later in the film. Oh, God, I wish I could remember the line properly. Um, when he gets all worked up. and like, We are Adams. Yeah, exactly. We'll come back for more. Okay. You know? Yeah, I think it actually really speaks to their outsiderness in a very real world way in terms of being immigrants, um, about anti-Semitism, about racism. Mm. I think that it's it's one that, that like, of course, is like campified in the Adams, very much, you know, yeah. ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I think, I think a metaphor for family solidarity in, in the face of oppression. Nice. And Thanks enduring. for asking. Enduring like cockroaches. Well, yeah. put that in your pipe and smoke it. There is something to think about. All right. Well, Not cool. just pretty words. Not just pretty words. <laughs> I guess we'll see you next time. Until Thanks. next time. Bye.